Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In book one of On the End, Cicero has Torquatus present the Epicurean position, and one of the key ideas that he touches on is the value of the virtues. Are the virtues valuable in themselves, or are they instrumentally valuable? And that is the position that the Epicureans are going to take, namely that the virtues are good because they lead us to pleasure. Temperance is going to be a particularly important virtue virtue, especially since it bears upon the pleasures of the bodies. Aristotle much earlier had defined temperance as primarily applying to the pleasures of food. He talks about drink, but we could really extend this to intoxication in general, since for the Greeks, wine was the main source of intoxication and the pleasures of sex. But it could also apply to all sorts of other physical pleasures, laying around in bed, basking in the sun, having massages, any of those sorts of what we call creature comforts. And it can also extend to other kinds of of pleasures that we would consider to be less directly tied to the body, like the pleasures of, say, indulging yourself in binge-watching shows for hours after hours on Netflix, particularly if they're not things with a interesting plot or really well-developed characters. But think about reality TV, which people gaze at for, as I've mentioned, hours and hours. Those things could fall under the, the virtue of temperance as well. And the idea here is that temperance is important to the Epicurean way of life precisely because by being temperate and not being intemperate, you are going to assure yourself of living a life full of pleasure and as free of pain as possible. Correlatively, if you don't develop the virtue of temperance, you're actually not going to have that pleasant of a life. So this may throw some people for a loop when they associate Epicureanism with the old adage of wine, women, or song, or the more updated, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That is not actually the Epicurean perspective because those things are more likely to get you into problems. So why then is temperance so important. Well, Torquatus begins right off the bat by telling us that that virtue provides us with peace of mind. And he does use the word peace there in the Latin. And then it provides us with a certain kind of harmony, concordia. And it's worth dwelling on this for a moment, a little bit earlier in the text, and then running throughout this entire section on the virtues, Torquatus is going to stress that lacking the virtues produces a certain certain kind of disharmony and conflict within the human being, not just a conflict with other people over sources of pleasure or, you know, things that they want to avoid in order not to incur pain, but also within oneself. If you have very strong desires, they can end up in conflict with each other. And then you're sort of a intestine battleground, as we like to say. So this is a very important end result. 
How does temperance help us to do that? So he explains that there's a number of different things that temperance is doing. These are certain functions. The first is to be guided by reason in what to pursue, what, what to choose, and what to avoid, what to reject. This is absolutely central, and this is common to virtue ethics in general. It's not a purely Epicurean idea about temperance. The general idea is that you know we should be guided by reason, and that's part of what virtue does. In this case, guided by reason in our selection of virtues or our choices about which desires that we have to actually follow out. He says that it's not enough to judge what is right to do or to leave undone. There's a second feature to it. We also need to abide by the judgments that we make. And the, the word that he uses there is stare, literally to stand, to stand in the judgment rather than rejecting it. Because many people are able to see what the right thing to do is, but then they don't stick to it. He goes on and he says, most people lack tenacity of purpose. The resolution weakens and succumbs as soon as the fair form of pleasure meets their gaze and they surrender themselves to their passions, failing to foresee the inevitable results. You know, what would be some prime examples of this? Well, think about food. You've got a particular diet that you're sticking to and you say, okay, I need to only eat this amount at this meal. And then your friends take you to the buffet and you can eat as much as you want at the buffet because it's a buffet right? And now you're actually posed with a problem. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what reason is telling you to do. And yet it would be nice to have another plate, wouldn't it? Or, you know, you've been so good lately. Wouldn't it be good to have maybe a dessert or, or even two desserts? Or oh, you've been really good, so it's okay to drink a few alcoholic beverages with it because you're not getting drunk after all. You're just enjoying yourself, right? And part of you knows that you're going against the resolution, the judgment that you made, but another part of you is saying, hey, this would be pleasant and pleasure will draw us in. We might think of similar things, hitting the snooze button over and over again, especially if it's a cold morning and, and you don't want to get out of bed and the covers are so, so nice. When you know that there's work to be done, that if you don't get done, you're not going to have a nice evening. Right? We could come up with example after example after example of people who don't stick to their, their judgments, their decisions. And being able to do that, that is part of temperance. So being guided by reason, abiding by it. He tells us that we have to engage in a certain kind of prudential reasoning by passing up certain pleasures. We enjoy the highest pleasure. Prime example of this would be deciding who to have sex with or who to even try to pursue a relationship with. Maybe it's not a good idea to take, you know, whatever comes along, whoever comes along, whatever opportunities come along, and to be a bit more selective, right? From an Epicurean perspective, that would probably be the prudent thing to do. Similarly, when it comes to eating, when it comes to drinking or enjoying drugs, right? Imagine you walk into a place and people have laid out a whole bunch of different drugs. They're like, you can do anything that you want here. Nobody's going to get in trouble. Nobody's surveilling this area. There's probably some drugs where they could be quite pleasurable, but you, you really ought to turn them down from an Epicurean perspective. We also, by enduring pains, help ourselves to not have to deal with greater pains later on. It can be painful to stick to a dietary regime. And by the way, as a side note, the only diets that really work long-term are ones that are rational. 
all the gimmick diets sooner or later fail because they're not really being temperate. They're really being extreme in some way. But sticking to a diet can often be painful. But what does it help you to avoid later on? Health problems, right? Obesity, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, all these sorts of things that can cause you significant problems down the line. By enduring the pain of heartache after a bad breakup and not immediately jumping into bed with the next available person on Tinder, you are probably saving yourself some much greater pains down the line, right? We could come up with example after example of that as well. Exercise is another prime example. When you first begin working out, it is not pleasant. You know, your body actually rejects it. It's sore the next day. You may find yourself, you know, out of breath. You may throw up or things like that. You feel terrible. But if you stick to it, you will, in fact, feel better later on. Your joints, your bones will reward you as you grow older. You have the muscle capacity to do things that you'd like to do. The last thing to think about is, is he talks about some of the wages of intemperance. If you lack temperance, then what are likely to be the results? Well, disease is one of them. There's all sorts of physical and also mental diseases. The Epicureans thought of emotional problems as mental diseases that can come with that. Loss of fortune, making stupid decisions that affect your finances, affect your property. Disgrace, social opprobrium, legal penalties of some sort. Now, why should these things matter? Because these things are actually unpleasant. Some of them are downright painful and they take away your capacity capacity to enjoy other pleasures. So interestingly, from the Epicurean point of view, you cannot afford to be indulging yourself in every pleasure that comes your way. You need to be rather selective and you need to develop a disposition that allows you to say no to some pleasures in order that you can embrace others and to say yes to some pains in order that you can reject and avoid other pains. Without that, you cannot live an Epicurean happy life. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.